Hi, this is Steve Nalick from Cheap Astronomy. www.cheapastro.com And this is Cheap Astronomy live at Mount Stromlo. So I'm here with Alan Curlin on the Canberra Astronomical Society 14-inch Mead, is that right, Alan? That's right, yeah. And this was actually donated to the Society, I understand, after I the Canberra bushfires in 2003. Wiped out most of this mountain, unfortunately. Mm. So it's quite sort of solemn when you see these burnt-out domes everywhere. There's um, actually the big dome over near the cafe um, has the, uh, what was it, 73, 76-inch telescope is still inside it, burnt carcass. Um, on open days here at Mount Stromlo, you can actually step inside and have a look at it, and it's a, a very, very sad sight indeed. Yes, yes, I've done that. Oh, uh, a satellite just went through the viewscope as I was looking oh, at Jupiter. Yeah. Okay. Ah, yeah. that was outstanding. So you're on Jupiter? Yep. I'm sure there's three Galilean moons I can see, would you agree? Oh, for sure. Um, I'll actually pull up the um, the app that shows me the layout of them. Yeah, we've come iPhone at the ready. There's a, a wonderful little app called Jupiter Guide, and in that app it shows me that from left to right we've got Europa, then Io, and then Ganymede, closest to the left-hand side of Jupiter as we're looking at it. And very far off to the right-hand side, we've got Callisto. Yep, I concur. And have a look at the detail. We can see that we should be able to see the red spot on Jupiter mm. at the moment. So as we're looking at an inverted picture in the telescope, the red spot would be buried in the red bend on the top of the picture that we're looking at towards the right-hand side. <laughs> they're, they're great instructions, Alan. I'd be, uh, be lying to say I can see it, but I can see that top right band. There's irregularities in it. Yeah, there'll probably... What you'll see is a bit of a fainter bite out of the dark band rather yeah. than the red spot itself in yeah. this scale of telescope. Okay, I'm imagining I can see exactly what you're talking about. Mm. Lovely. It's Very bright. beautiful and clear. Considering the light pollution we've got here in Canberra, Yes, yes, yes. Unfortunately, um, given the bushfires, you know, with all the, the scopes burnt out, it was kind of all the excuse that ANU needed to bail out of here as a primary observing site, and, um, and they've shifted most of their actual astronomical work up to Siding Springs mm -hmm. and Narrabri, and mostly Siding Springs, because unfortunately the light pollution here in Canberra is just so bad predominantly street lights, poorly designed street lights that cast light upwards. Right. You're one of these dark sky people, aren't you? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, because, uh, man, I live in one of the newer suburbs, and we've got street lights on steroids there. And, right, um, If I wasn't well known publicly, I think I'd have a slingshot out, because <laughs> I've just got great big street lights all over the place. Hmm. So I, I know there's some North Hemisphere cheap astronomy listeners out there, so I'll just make them jealous by talking about where we are. So it's the 3rd of January, so we've got the summer southern skies before us. Not a cloud in the sky. So uh, over to the north, the northwest, I guess. We've got Orion up in the sky. Sirius over to the right. We've got 
Sagittarius, which is where the centre of the galaxy is, and the Milky Way stretching across the sky. We can see the Southern Cross and the pointers down towards the south. And of course two splotchy things which are the large and small Magellanic Clouds. One of the best sights in the large Magellanic Cloud is the Tarantula Nebula, which is yes. just huge and sprawling. We should uh, have a look at the wonderful constellation of Orion, which is yes. in our skies at the moment. Yeah, we tend to see it upside down compared to Northern Hemisphere people, so what people call Orion's dagger seems to be pointing upwards to us. So. Upwards and to the right and looking yes. like the saucepan handle. Yes, indeed. So it's our version of the Big Dipper. Yes. I think I understand they have one in the Northern Hemisphere as well. A Big Dipper, yeah, yeah, I've heard big that. Dipper, yes. Yeah. Yes. So we should uh, have a look at the Orion Nebula, yes, one of the most gorgeous um, let's sites. Let's make some telescope noise. Telescope noise, yeah. Here we go, galaxies, nebulas. It's Messier 42, so Messier oh, yeah. yep. being that the catalogue of Charles Messier and all the objects he didn't want to waste his time on while he was looking for comets. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, wow. Wow. This is the first time I've seen this through this quality of eyepiece and a 14-inch telescope. And we've got a, a panoptic Nagler eyepiece in here, a 35mm, so it's a pretty wide-field view. And mm -hmm. the Orion Nebula does not even go close to fitting into what we oh, can see. Really. It sprawls off both okay. sides. <laughs> I think we'd need a, a 40, 40 mil or, or wider to be able to capture all of that. That's incredible. It's a little bit different from looking through my 8-inch dob. Yeah, that is level, isn't it? So you can see the light and the dark nebulosity. Yep, um, the um, four stars in the middle. Yes. Wait, do they have names? Yeah, they do. Um, I'm having a mental blank right no, at the moment. That's not triangular. So if you have a look at those four stars in the middle, you'll see that there's actually a hole in the dust cloud. So what we're looking at here yep. for listeners is, is a, a foggy kind of cloud with the areas of, of structure around them. And right in the middle of the Orion Nebula are these four stars in a square shape. And you can actually see that there's a hole in the dust cloud around it there's this dark hole around these four stars. What you've got is a birthplace of stars where the dust has collapsed in, formed them, and left a bit of a hole in the dust around them. Mm -hmm. Just looks like, you know, a donut hole straight through the middle of it, doesn't it? It does, it does. Yeah. It's beautiful. So for our Australian listeners, this is the middle star of the saucepan's handle. Or if we were prepared to look at it upside down, it's meant to be Orion's sword, or a lot of people yeah. say Orion's willy. Yes, but the middle, the middle of those three stars. Yep, yeah. there's three in a nice row on a bit of a sort of 45 degree yes. angle to the main three being Orion's belt, yeah. and the nebula is right in the middle of it, and you can see it with the naked eye as a bit of a fuzzy star. You can see it with binoculars perfectly well as, as well. Yeah. Mm. In fact, there's a lot of astronomy you can do just with a pair of binoculars. Which, which I have, somewhere. <laughs> yes. You do? That's good. 
So you're right, Alan. I'm just looking through my cheap binoculars now, and yeah, it's a very hazy, actually, a pair of stars representing the what to the naked eye looks like the middle star of the the dagger. Yeah. Yeah. Very impressive. It's beautiful. Somewhere in there is a horse head. I'm not quite got the magnification for that, do we? No. I really want to go and have a look at. Let's see, where have we got? Tarantula. Into. Coming to the right. Yep. That's pretty good. I think. Even with Canberra's light pollution, <laughs> looking into the large Magellanic cloud here at the Tarantula Nebula, you can actually pick up the sort of spider legs, yes, which yes. I've never been able to see before, so that's coming out quite well. Yes, I always see it as a almost like a flower, there, there's petals of darkness around. Yeah. But I guess they're, they're what people call the spider's legs, those four yeah. round shapes. I've never been able to pick shape out of it before, but that's wonderful. It's mm. coming through really nicely mm. with a um, a light pollution filter on it. That would come up even better. But with a whopping big nebula like this and like Carina Nebula, you can actually spend a bit of time just panning around. Yeah. Once you've got it on the general area, and this is something you can do with a Dobsonian telescope quite easily, is you can just sit there and pan the telescope around and find more amazing things. Now, with um, with this big nebula, there are actually a whole bunch of other things quite close to it because it's in the middle of this this small neighbouring galaxy called the Large Magellanic Cloud, and it's actually right in in the guts of this this galaxy. And just as I pan around, I can see another globular cluster of two, three small nebulas. Just by panning, I'm not sure exactly which ones they are as far as their designations go, but um, but sometimes yeah, that's the beauty yeah, yeah. Of, of this sort of telescoping is you get into the middle of some of these dense areas and mm. just pan around. And, and I think for anyone kicking off, a Dobsonian is a brilliant way to start because you can learn to find things. Mm. With um, with the go-to telescopes, if anything goes wrong, like we had earlier today, <laughs> um, and the computer doesn't line up and whatever, you, you end up sort of quite a bit lost. With a Dobsonian, everything's just manual. It's cheap, but it's got great aperture size, as in bigger aperture, better light, better seeing. And you can just cast around and find things and then grab your phone out and fire up Star Walk or Pocket Universe and find out what it is, mm -hmm. you know, in that order. So what do you have at home, Ellen? At home we've got a 8-inch Dobsonian, mm -hmm. which is my son's. Um, it was a birthday present. And um, we've also got a 6-inch Celestron Nexstar, which is my dad's. Um, he's unfortunately not able to use it anymore. So it's a go-to scope, right. and I've got a piggyback uh, mount on that so that I can put my camera on it uh -huh. and use its tracking to get a little bit longer photos for wide field Excellent. to take photos of um, things like Jupiter and that. So these days, even with... Um... Oh, did you see that shooting star then? I did. That would be the Quantitit meteor uh, shower okay. going oh, past tonight. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
missed out on all of the geminids, unfortunately, yes. with the clouds, didn't we? Yeah. I think we need to have a look at a globular cluster. I think we do too. So nebulas, planetary nebulas, ooh, star cluster. And we will Fabulous. spin around and have a look at 47 Takanai, a beautiful globular <laughs> cluster. <laughs> oh yes, which one's that? That's in the, in the small Magellanic cloud. Uh-huh. Okay, so what do we want to put I don't know what the... Not clusters, but I, I don't know what the Messier or... No, no it wouldn't be. Would there be a Messier for Takamai? Well, let's just have a look, damn it. Yes, consult the computer. Okay. Alright, pockets, pocket universe, virtual sky. We've got two gorgeous globular clusters here, the 47 Takanai and uh, the Amiga Centauri, which we won't be able to yeah, see no, tonight, yeah. but it is approximately 5 million solar masses. It's a truly awesome sight in a good telescope on a clear dark night. Mm-hmm. Does that mean 5 million stars or...? Well, there are stars of different sizes in in a globular cluster, but the thing about globs is that they all formed out of the one dust cloud all at approximately the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, So you get various stars, different sizes and different ages to a degree, but predominantly most of the globs are around about the kind of 12 billion year old mark. So they're the... um, the geriatrics of, um, of the night sky, you can actually see a range of whites and oranges um, within within a glob when you're looking at them. An interesting um, podcast I was listening to just today talked about how they're also very metal poor, all of the stars in a globular mm. cluster. Which would suggest that stars that form fairly early in the universe. Well, Alan, I think we'll call it a night, so thank you. I'm sorry. Thank you for these stunts, Alan. Something we'd saved the listeners from was, I think you and I have been here for about an hour and a half trying to realign the, the uh, finder scope with the main scope. But we got there in the end. We've had a look at uh, Uranus and Neptune. That is my first time seeing either of those planets through a telescope. So thank you, Alan. That was good. Pleasure. Not a heck of a lot to see. A bit hard to pick up. Oh, Definitely wow. can pick up a blue and a grey yes. circle yes. as opposed to just a dot and a star. Yeah, well, that's, that's good enough for me. Yeah, well, you can say you've seen it. Thank you for this opportunity. So it's been a great night. My pleasure. Thanks for listening. This is Steve Nerlick from Cheap Astronomy, www.cheapastro.com. Cheap Astronomy offers an educational website where you can just stand around chatting on the edge of infinity. No ads, no profit, just good science. Bye. You know about www.cheapastro.com? Absolutely. Hi, this is Steve Nalick from Cheap Astronomy. Alan, when you're ready. Oh, you want me to say something? Yes, www. Oh, sorry, I'm slow up the mark. Whatever you read. <laughs> just dot com, isn't it? www. Sorry, Andy.
What is it trying to say? Words. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Seems to have emphysema or something. <laughs>